Yes, we are here this afternoon to make a statement, a declaration, make love in, in the way God meant it to be, okay? Who is the inventor of sexuality? Who is the inventor of sexuality? God, God is the inventor of sexuality. So we stand here as sons and daughters of God and we want to have godly sexuality in the church and yeah. outside the church. We are raising our voice in the society for godly sexuality. This is what we're here for this afternoon. The Bible says love flashes like fire the brightest kind of a flame. And we want to really take you into the passion of sexuality, the passion of what God created in us. And let's celebrate together. Are you with us? Are you with us? Give a hand to this wonderful demonstration crew. <laughs> Come on, they're so hot. He's loaded. <laughs> what a great afternoon we have. Awesome. <laughs> Woohoo! A huge mess in the church. Wow, wonderful. <laughs> so, throughout the last uh, few weeks, we took you into this uh, image of the pyramid. Pyramid. And we realized that healthy relationships, they start with a good fundament. And to make it short, today we arrived at the top of the crop with sexuality. We all were longing for it to see how can we make love physically. Making love is not just sex. Making love is to love another person physically. It's still love. You know, some people today, they try to take this physical love away from this love pyramid. And they say, you know, having sex is just like sports. You can separate it from anything else. You can separate it from a relationship and just do a physical training. Okay, it is physical training, but it's much more than that. God meant it to be the highlight, the climax, the icing on the cream, on the, well, I don't know, the icing on the top, um, on the cake, to celebrate sexuality. It's full of emotions. It's everything that a human body ever can feel. It's more than that. And to, today, we want to raise our flag for a few values that we are so uh, sure they really influence how we should have sex in the church and in society. So are you ready to hear a few values? I hope so. The first one, the first flag that we raised this afternoon is lustful sexuality. God meant sex to be lustful. I mean, of course, he meant it to be because it is. <laughs> we all can realize it. When you um, have your wedding night, nobody I've ever met uh, wrote down a report about his wedding night. But I read a report of a wedding night in the Bible. You want to hear it? There's a, a bridegroom. He, he wrote down uh, his report. He said, I have come 
into my garden, my sister, my bride. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine and my milk. We might have another language today, okay, to put it, to be honest, right, Jenny? We have another language today. But what we can see here, this guy is really lost in the garden. He had too much milk, okay? And when you have too much milk, you're full of milk. You're full of honey. This guy is lost. Everything inside of him exploded. He just sees breasts and legs and lips. And he writes down this report. He's full of lust, okay? You're with me? And he's full of lust. And that's how God meant it to be. You should be so excited having sex because God meant sex to be lustful. That's everything in our body is going to explode when we have sex. That's right, okay? I love the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Isn't it the thing we want to have in our marriages? We want to have this garden where milk and honey flows. Isn't it that what we're longing for? Michi and I have been married for 19 years. And as you can see, the 19 years is not only lost and lost and lost, but we are so excited to discover what God has put in our sexuality because sex lasts. Sex is not something that when you're 50, it's over, and then, okay, we're done, and that's fine. But when you, when you get older, you can still have sex, and it will last until you die. So it's a good thing to take and to be courage and to discover. The most reason why people are looking for counseling in their marriage is the, the lust of lust, the lust of lust. And they, they are the, somehow lust goes out of their bedrooms and they are having a distance in their relationship. They feel alone, they stay alone, in the, they stay together in the bed, but they feel alone. And it's often a big lost and a big um, need that the lost is just went out of the door somehow. You know, how can we find lost? I mean, I don't go around in the house the whole day like, oh, now I'm lustful and everything. You know, our, our daily days are not filled with lust uh, exactly. But how can we find this lustful sexuality that God meant for a marriage? The reason is, we just have to do it. Lust comes with sexual activity, comes sexual um, arousement. Thank you. <laughs> this is the, the kind, we have to just do it. And I often experience that with my, my daily business, with, in my house, with the children and everything. Lust is so much, it's sometimes like my lust is so much away from earth that I don't know how to get it somewhere. You know, but we just have to start loving each other. And Michi and I, we just started to um, kiss us more and uh, in the daily, on the daily day, not to kiss that, bye-bye, I'm going like this. We started to kiss us. We asked ourselves, did we kiss today? Like, really? And there are so many things we can do to just develop and, and to make our path and our way to get this lustful, godly marriage we wanted to have. Great, baby. <laughs>
So that is the first value, the first banner we raise. When we enter today into this uh, message, we knew for some of you it would be a bit too much in the afternoon on a Sunday in the church to have a demonstration with flags that say, make love. Am I right? Is there somebody who was a bit overwhelmed? You can be honest. Okay, nobody. Wow, cool. Yeah, so let's leave that part away. <laughs> no, the point is we all have so much differences when it comes to the way we are today, to the history we have also in sexuality. We're so different. We're so different that probably it would be very hard to bring two and two together with the same story. It's really hard. And when it comes to sexuality, it's, it's so much, it's so important where we come from. You, may have, you may have parents that didn't talk about sexuality at home. You've never heard anything. They, they didn't teach you how to live a godly sexuality. Maybe you had teachers who never talked about it. Maybe you even had church leaders who didn't talk about it. Or when they talked about it, it was strange and you have some stupid religious uh, thoughts in your mind. When we talk about sexuality today, we want to raise a flag that says, make love mindfully. Mindful sexuality. That is our next flag. Today, we are so conscious about the fact that there might be people here this afternoon who don't feel really well in their body when it comes to sex. Maybe even homosexual thoughts go through your mind. You have lustful feelings. You cannot handle them. And we have people here who were really on fire with sex. Other people are uh, abused sexually, um, physically, um, spiritually even. And that's why we have to be so much, so mindful when it comes to sexuality, because our histories are so different. You can see the people behind me. Every single person is different. And we as a church, when we talk about sexuality, we want to talk mindfully about sexuality because we have so different stories, but we have one God who can heal and who can take step by step to bring us to a godly sexuality. Yeah, and one of all of these stories is my story. I just lived, um, my, my sexual life was abused and I couldn't really leave this emotional relationships really good and from a good and healthy sexuality I was so much away from this uh, I couldn't even it wasn't healthy and, uh, at all so I started to make uh, my mind up and thinking how can I develop now a sexual healing healed good godless uh, god uh, godful godly Sexuality, how can I go there? How can I make a way? And I, re I recognize that it starts with me, with me, my physical being as a human being. And what I like that also the Bible talks about sexuality and Paul in the Bible, he describes something, it just blowed my mind. He says, do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have received from God. Wow. My body is a temple? So it means that God lives in my human and sexual body? 
it means for me that it meant for me and it still means for me that he has a yes to my sexuality because he made me. And this is really a mind change for me because if I am a temple and the Holy Spirit lives in me, so I am okay. Do you know that we look at the little children and we like when they discover the world and they start to walk and they start to eat and we like to look at them and seeing how they discover the world and discover themselves. And the little boys, you know, they always touch their um, little penis and they, because it's like here and they always touch it and they stay there. And we as, as girls, our Geschlechtsteil, um, huh? You don't know. Our uh, 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 private parts are hidden, so we can discover it. And this is really a point where I want to make, let's be natural. The Holy Spirit lives in my body. So my sexuality is something which is God-given, and I can discover it, and I can be heal healthy and healed from all these uh, thoughts that are sinful, because... I think when, we, when it comes to our sexuality, our body, often sin waits around the corner and we don't talk about it because we, we're scared to, to be sinful. But God lives in me and the Holy Spirit shows me how to, how to work with my body, how to be, how to live it out, you know? So I, I, I really want to encourage us, don't let, let, don't let us be afraid. Let us just walk with God. Ask Him, read the Bible, set our minds on the, under the Holy Spirit, and then nothing can take us away from living a mindful sexuality. Yes. Just right after this verse in the Bible, there's the next one. And Paul writes here, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And he's still talking about sex, okay? Honor God with your bodies. You can worship God by having sex, okay? Sex is worship. That is an awesome, great news this afternoon. So God gave us everything that's needed. He gave us our hormones. He gave us sexuality. He has a huge yes. And when we get to know it, it comes to the next step that we want to bless our spouse with having a great sexuality. When we go from ourselves to loving and to make love, there is another huge and big value that comes with sexuality. And it's the case of responsible sexuality. God gave us everything. He gave us the possibility to fill this earth, to be fruitful. He said, go and take this earth and be fruitful. We can multiply. We can have sex. We can either be a blessing and worship God by having sex and living out our sexuality, or we can bring so much destruction and pain in this earth. We have the choice. And the Bible, Paul says here, honor God with your bodies. So the next value, the next banner we want to raise this afternoon, have sex, make love responsibly. Make love responsibly. We stand before God when we live out our sexuality. Around 80 years ago, 
people found out about the pill, the anti-baby pill, it was called. You can have sex without getting babies. That was a, was a huge relief, above all for the ladies. But for the whole earth, at the moment, for the whole society there, in the 60s, there was free love. You could start and have sex on your left, on your right, and there were no babies coming. So that was the sexual revolution in the 60s. Around 20 years later, people realized we get sick when we do it that way. When we live out sexuality this way, there's a virus called AIDS. And AIDS suddenly came up, and it could have destroyed us all if there wasn't a medication that is helping, but it's still here. So now, a few years later, we have another sexual re revolution, and people want to live out whatever they feel. And what happens in society is that we put on the throne what we feel. Our feelings, our sexual arousement, our sexual lust is on the throne where actually God should be on the throne. And that is the huge problem that we have in our society. We don't have responsible sexuality. We just do whatever we want to do. And we want that everybody around us says, yes, do it, free love. We are with you. We support you. We change our rules. We change everything in our society so that you can live out what you feel like. And that is not what God meant it to be. God is still on the throne. And with all the sexual arousement, all the lust we have, God is the one who sets the, the stage for sexuality. He puts the boundaries. He is the one who makes it grow. And he's also the one who knows where it really grows because it can bring so much destruction in this earth. If you look at all the, the children that are parentless, if you look at all the costs we have in society because of sexuality that is lived out not responsibly, that is a huge price we all pay. So to live out responsible sexuality means when you have sex with your partner, it costs a price. The Bible says, love your spouse just the way Jesus loves his church. He gave his life for us. What does it mean to give your life for your spouse? When you have sex, when you have your mouth full of milk, you lay down your life, you say, I will be faithful to you and I will love you until the end of my life. It's a huge price, but it's a huge, it's a huge gift you will get. That means responsible sexuality. Let's be a voice in this society that doesn't bow down for feelings, for sexual arousement, that does bow down before God, the one who gave us this gift and the one who puts the boundaries. It's a responsible sexuality. Yeah, then, yes, of course. That's why we made demonstration <laughs> to bring it back. The next point we have is live out your sexuality fearless. I love that, fearless. Because God is not a God of fear and we, not, we should not hide to fear. And we have invited a very beautiful couple to tell us a little bit of their story about what it means to be fearless in the sexuality. Look here, Dan and Mary Nuish. 
It all started 14 years ago on the steps of the Sydney Opera House, Australia. We became a couple, we dated for two and a half years, and in 2009, we moved to Switzerland and got married. Uh, in the area of sexuality, uh, we talked about our vision pretty early on in our relationship. We both believe that there is no better and safer place to experience good sex than in marriage. And during our dating period, we encouraged one another to, to stick to the vision we had. You know, for some people that might sound a little bit old fashioned, but for us, this was actually filled with so much joy that that time before we got married, uh, we talked about how we were looking forward to explore our sexuality together. And we were really anticipating that new stage of our life because we knew a lifetime of growing together was waiting on us. We started off well in, in marriage, but our first few years of marriage were definitely not characterized with fantastic sex. Um, pretty early on, we realized that, that our ideas, our expectations, our, our experiences had affected us, and we saw them in our marriage bed. We both experienced disappointment and pressure, and, and we were quite challenged as to how we deal with that. We had to learn how to talk about the negative and challenging aspects of sexuality. It got to the point where we decided, hey, now it's the time to really sit down together, write down all the things, how we feel, and be really boldly honest. Um, this was a painful process, yeah. you know, being so open, but it actually released so much, um, like it took away the pressure, uh, because suddenly I knew how she really felt. And I knew she knows now how I really feel. And that helped us to move forward. We both were actually surprised that all the feelings that came up that we suddenly shared, but it was well worth it. Yeah, and forgiveness was a very crucial aspect in this process. We were both hurt and it was challenging to sort of not just sit in the hurt, you know, because our natural response when a hurt in the area of sexuality is you want to protect yourself, you want to withdraw. But we realized we have to forgive one another and we have to let go of the hurt so that we can open ourselves up again to try and to, to get better and to grow in this area. With that newfound fundament of honesty, we were now free to really boldly move forward and open up for new things. We decided like, let's talk about how, how do we want to grow? How do we want to get better? Let's educate ourselves within the area of sexuality. We, uh, bought books, read books together, shared our desires, our wishes, uh, what really helps us, what turns us on, and this was uh, such an important process. For some couple, that might start, like happens a lot early, but the important is that it is happening because we realized by putting, by educating ourselves, learning, growing, sharing uh, in that area, how can we grow, we put value on the area of, of this area of our marriage. We said, this is important for us because that's why we want to work on it. Our sexuality was and is a work in progress, but it is so worth it to go through that progress. We are now 12 years married, we have three children, and more than ever, we enjoy a fulfilled sex life. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Dan and Marianne, for your statement. So to, to make love, to have sex, Fearlessly, it means you're honest. You just talk about what's real in your relationship. And that really takes uh, a bold way of, of talking to each other. And the other thing they brought so well up 
is you're on a journey, it's work in progress, and it takes a fearless mind to be discovering sexuality until the end of your lives. The last flag we want to raise together with Nicolene and Paige this afternoon is make love honoring. Make it in an honorful way. Yeah, you're such a beautiful couple, and you're so different, aren't you? <laughs> so, yeah, so pretty, pretty different. <laughs> how do you what what's it, how do you do it with your that you come from different um, mindsets and everything? What's what's uh, what's up in your marriage in this point? Yeah, actually, so Paige is from New York, America. And I'm from a little mountain town in Switzerland, so already that is big cultural yeah, differences. Cult. And I think through our marriage, it changed a lot also with the seasons. I mean, having kids, engagement, pregnancy, all that sort of stuff. So a lot of differences. And I remember when we first got married, so married for me, I thought sex was just gonna happen always, everywhere, <laughs> easy, you know? But, uh, and, and it wasn't like that. It was a big shock to me. and. Um, so I had to learn, well, it has to be initiated. So when I figured that out, I learned to initiate it. And there I also spot a big difference of who initiates when and how often. And that's a big difference for us, I think. Yeah, and something that's different for me, maybe just as the woman, maybe men can identify with this too, probably not, is the sacrifice of your body that it takes sometimes. And especially after having two kids, um, you know, not withholding, but and not waiting so long and using your recovery as an excuse or anything like that, but to, you know, still make intimacy so important in your, in your marriage. Yeah, that's a big one. Wow. So you have differences. How can you handle those differences in an honorable way by honoring each other in these yeah. differences? How do we really do it? Yeah, so for me, actually, being the initiator, I was, I was very hurt in my pride. I thought, I mean, look at me. I shouldn't be the one initiating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I, but in my pride, I was very hurt. And the Bible says a couple of good things about it. So one is that the Bible says, humble yourself and you will be honored. That really helped me to, to not hold on to the pride. But then also, what gave me a real vision for it was to think about God told me that he is the ultimate initiator. I mean, if the Bible even says we love because he first loved us. And I think this applies for your life personally. You love because God first loved you. He initiated love to you. And it applies to relationships. I then thought, why with my friends am I always initiating? Nobody ever asks me to hang out first. But you know what? The, the pride doesn't matter. It matters to have the humility and, and to go forward with it. And I want, I want to be an initiator in every area of my life now. And I have a big vision for it, for sure, yeah. Now all your friends are going to text you to hang out. <laughs> Hopefully. I have not much going on, so. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm actually reading an amazing book called Cherish, and it's on the idea of cherishing each other in marriage. And the topic of sex does come up, and the author asks a lot of men in um, an interview, what does your wife do to make you feel honored, actually? And he uses this word honor that we're talking about today. And the men usually responded, well, do you want the truth? You know, because the truth is, I, men feel honored when you know, you're intimate together, when you're together. And he goes on to say this quote, a wife usually can't overestimate the vulnerability a man feels 
towards sex, it may help you think to think of your husband's sexual desire as a request to be honored and honoring his commitment, his battle, and his physical desires. So that thought of this being honoring, it just elevates what we're doing to a, just a whole nother place. Yeah, and I mean, it means something very different to both of us. And yeah, I think that was so good for us to have this perspective, what honoring means. Yeah. So good. Thank you for sharing uh, a little bit of your story. It's really beautiful. Yes. Um, Give a hand for yeah. Paige and Nicolene. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Yeah. <laughs> the, the band will come up. Now we have two things. We want to be uh, quiet for a moment together and have all these um, titles getting through our minds and let the Holy Spirit talk to us. And in the end, we really want to stand up and raise the value of the flame of, of the sexuality that God made. And now when the band is playing the, the song, you just can just relax and um, thinking over with the, with the Holy Spirit, and then we will pray together.